This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson with you along with Michael Remus. Packed show today with so much going on in the world of sports. Lots of local news. The soccer team playing the first night in front of fans tonight. Fowler FC left 2000 in the building. Big announcement from the for the CFL as it pertains to the future of the league and their discussions with the XFL. Game five of the cup final. One Canadian already in the semis of Wimbledon. And we're following the second as Felix Auger Aliasim's tied at one right now with Berrettini in the third set. This afternoon, we'll find out who the other finalist is in Euro 2020 after Italy beat Spain yesterday in penalty kicks. It's Denmark and England this afternoon. And a couple of great guests. We'll talk to the newly re-signed member of the Winnipeg Jets, Dominic Toninato. And really looking forward to having ESPN's Arda Ocal join us. Arda is... uh, He's a bit of a renaissance man as well, obviously doing great uh, work with ESPN's NHL coverage. We'll talk to him about what he's doing now and how that's going to expand going into next year. We'll also uh, get his thoughts on the Euro. And uh, as a former member of the WWE staff, we'll talk a little bit about his WWE experience as well as a piece he's done on the 25-year anniversary of the NWO. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun uh, right off the bat. Big thanks to all of our sponsors, Royal Sports, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Breezy Bend Country Club, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Assiniboia Downs, and our betting partner, Cool Bet Canada. We'll, of course, get to the lines a little later on. We'll get to our Wednesday night picks from live racing at Assiniboia Downs. Finally got a couple W's yesterday. We'll get to that a little later on, but uh, with so much to talk to, let's get right into it and welcome the CTO, Michael Remus, to the program. Remo, what's up? Us, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm feeling good. Um, you know, we woke up to some news today about the CFL. I, I saw a lot of, you know, some teams actually tweeting they were pleased with the news, that being the Edmonton Elks and uh, Stanley Cup Final Game 5 tonight. Uh, will the season be finally over or will Montreal push it? And uh, we'll watch some morning tennis us before the afternoon soccer. So uh, that's how you know we are in the middle of July. Not exactly the busiest season for uh, North American sports, but hey, there's actually stuff on kind of all day until you get to this uh, cup game tonight. Well, you know, and things are going to pick up big time when the Bombers hit training camp on a Saturday. And Ed Tate will join us for you Bomber fans with a full training camp preview on Friday. We're really looking forward to that. As we get going, want to welcome everyone listening on the podcast. Thanks so much for making us a part of your day. Make sure to, when you have an opportunity, give us a five-star rating and a little review on the uh, Apple podcast. That certainly helps us grow the channel uh, in a big way. And a big shout out to everyone that's with us in chat. I'll give a hat tip to Larry, the sports guy, to drop the first comment in. One of our lovely regulars, brown-eyed girl MJD. Hopefully uh, the new job's going well, MJD. I saw that in the chat yesterday. we got Sandy, the legend, the gitch is here. And Mitch Jansen. Mitch, Mitch is in a grumpy mood today. Hope you all can cheer me up. That is what we are here to do, both on the program and in the chat. Give Mitch J a little bit of love. And we'll also welcome in the godfather, um, Mitch Casprick as well. Uh, Paul, Leighton, Dom, BA, everyone here. Let's get it on. 
Um, so Remo, Dominic Tonato is going to join us in about 15 minutes, but as we sort of laid it out right off the bat, a ton of big news in the sports world and no bigger here in Winnipeg than the announcement today by the Canadian Football League that the formal discussions with the XFL regarding potential future partnership, working together, um, we've heard it referred to as a merger by some people in the media, a potential merger all shelved right now as the Winnipeg, as the Bombers and the CFL gets ready for their season to begin on the 5th of August. And the XFL apparently pushing back their restart to 2023. Now, I'm not going to say that this is probably 100% dead. I I think a lot of that depends on how things go for the CFL over the next little while. Um, But, you know, with with the uncertainty that that created, considering everything else happening around the CFL, I don't think this can be anything other than good news. Allowing CFL teams, management, players, and most importantly, fans and supporters of this league concentrate on what's to come. And that's getting back in the parks, cheering on the teams and getting three down football back going here in Canada, hopefully with nine healthy teams and best case scenario down the road with the 10th team out in Atlantic Canada. Um, I understood. I understand why this was such a polarizing topic. Um, you know, certainly people that have been fans of this league for a long, long time, and certainly the, the league's demographics have skewed older over the last few years, um, are used to the traditions of the Canadian Football League, the rules of the CFL, and the unique, the unique things that make CFL what it is. And I don't think anyone really wanted to lose that. Um, you know, there were some people that were open to the ideas of going forward, but I think at the end of it, the reason why people were open to it is because it seemed like, you know, from what we were hearing, that was absolutely necessary. They didn't have many other options. And I was, I mean, the minute I heard that they were talking, you know, formal talks with the XFL, um, to me, that, you know, said that this is a pretty dire situation because to get in bed with the XFL and to, fundamentally change so many things about the league, which would have to happen if you were doing some sort of a merger would change the league forever uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, even when they did the American expansion, it was the Canadian field, the Canadian rules, it was CFL football. Obviously the ratio was affected. Um, But some of the things that I think were being talked about, um, listen, there's a few things that I think could be real positive for the CFL, to be honest about the, you know, the things that we discussed moving the season up, Um, And certainly with single game betting being legalized in Canada right now, I think there's an opportunity for the CFL to jump on that without the help of the XFL position themselves as the football product in the summer before college football and the national football league gets going. And that's why I do believe that an earlier start to the season would be great from that perspective, as well as to be honest, I mean, I think you're just, listen, I know there's been some great historic, great cups played in really, really cold, cold stadiums. Um, but I mean, when would you rather go to a game in June or in October, or November? I know when I would pick and especially here on the prairies. So listen, this is great news. And the bottom line is this can now be shelved. Um, I know I heard Bob Irving talking earlier today and Bob said it should be shelved hopefully forever. And I think a lot of CFL fans feel that way. Um, you know, to me, my uh, my entertaining of the idea was based on the fact that I didn't think they'd be going down that road if it wasn't absolutely necessary for the survival of the league. But certainly, I think there's a lot of positive momentum going for the Canadian Football League right now. We're going to have fans in stands, maybe more than we could have even imagined. And by the way, I'll just quickly give a shout out to all Manitobans. Heard today that we've hit the August long weekend targets already with over 50% of Manitobans fully vaccinated 
So cheers to that. So Remo, I don't know your thoughts on this, but I mean, to me, I think this is good news. The bottom line, I'm just glad that this isn't going to be a topic that is hanging over the league every week when we're trying to focus on the athletes and the teams and the games that are being played. And to me, that's a very good thing going into the August 5th kickoff. Yeah, I agree with you. Just to read the statement, uh, while we remain open to finding new ways to work together in the future and our XFL counterparts, or sorry, we and our XFL counterparts have jointly decided to not pursue any formal arrangements at this time. And I think at this time is key. I think right now, if you're the CFL, you're focused on getting this season underway. And the XFL, um, you know, maybe there could be a partnership in the future, but right now they don't even have a league. So I think we were kind of excited about the possibility. There are obviously many who don't want to see the end of three down football and you know, larger fields and all that. But I do think maybe there would be a place in the future. But right now, when you're just trying to get up the season, I mean, get it going, see how it goes, maybe reevaluate in the in the future. I did enjoy um, Jeff Hamilton's thoughts uh, previously on this show about that. He was just saying that CFL needs to find a way to become the cool brand and attract younger fans. We know their demographic is a bit you know, skewing older. Um, I'm excited about the CFL, but I think I'm, you know, kind of trending. <laughs> towards uh you're older, old now Reem. I, i'm getting to tell you <laughs> yeah i'm getting old now i'm not exactly that young but i think that that might that's a problem with with all sports i know we're having arda ocal on and he's very involved in esports and i think that is attracting a much younger demographic so i think the cfl you know look internally to address some of their challenges but i know i see a lot of people and even the, the elks i'm laughing they put their pleas to say that they're not engaging <laughs> So I, you know, I think there's a place, but clearly they're focused on the season, and yeah, put it on the back burner. You don't need to, you know, make it a distraction at all. And let's go, let's see, and you know, maybe you can address some concerns with uh, Toronto, Montreal, and you know, try to bring in a team in Atlanta, Canada, get that even number. But well, I mean, well, we'll see how this season goes. Uh, but yeah, no, no distractions. We don't need it. No, no, for sure. And, and listen, I mean, the only reason that I was open to entertaining the thoughts of going forward is because I really believe that if we're at this point and this is what they're considering, it's pretty much a last resort. And I will take any sort of football over no football. Uh, I will take football being played on both sides of the border four downs football as opposed to no football and no opportunity to go to our great stadium and cheer on our local team. But nobody wants to see those changes, you know, happen. I mean, there's so many great things about the CFL. And, you know, I said this a few weeks ago, Reem, I really do believe, um, and I'm feeling it right now, talking to people here in the chat, people connecting with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk, as well as just people that I see when I'm out and about, a real level of excitement to get the games back on the field and get the fans back in the stands. And I can only hope that some of what we're feeling here in Winnipeg is being felt in some of the other markets that have been more challenged. And, you know, we've heard plenty about MLSE being really the driving force behind this idea of the XFL CFL partnership and merger. And that's the way to go into the future. Um, But as you mentioned, I mean, when you see a statement like we got from the Edmonton Elks today, uh, that they are very pleased that everything has been shelved. I think it's quite clear that there are probably some teams that were being dragged, uh, maybe kicking and streaming behind the scenes into this. And um, the bottom line is we want CFL football back on the field. It is happening. The season kicks off on the 5th of August. The Bombers will defend that Grey Cup championship from 2019. And we won't be talking about the XFL. Now, this is not to say that in a year or two, 
um, you know, we could be having this conversations. But I think at least right now it gives the CFL the opportunity without all of that noise to get back on the field, to try to reestablish itself, grow, you know, it's, you know, get new fans, connect with some younger people. Um, and I am really hoping that coming out of the pandemic, there might be some people that, you know, really before wouldn't have thought about doing things like that, that now have their double vaccination, realize they're able to go to these games. And, you know, maybe we'll go out and see. It is great to be part of a crowd. It's great to be at the field. It's great to watch the entertainment that the CFL provides. Yes, I agree with you. And they're going to have to try. I think that's what you want to push if you're the CFL is the game day experience. I know Ottawa's done a great job of it. Uh, Hamilton here as well. But they need to find a way to attract people in Vancouver, uh, Toronto, Montreal to come out and enjoy the game. And I don't know if it's, um, you know, pushing fantasy. Maybe that's a more more niche. But I think bringing people, you know, having well, that kind of gambling? party. I mean, yeah. just right off the bat, single yeah. game betting's just been legalized. I mean, this has to be huge for the CFL. Um, and I'm not sure what they have planned. Hell, I should send them an email. They could probably use us talking about the betting lines mm -hmm. in the CFL. I mean, there's going to be content about this. I mean, the more you can do it, and maybe it'll be done for individual books. For instance, like Cool Bet, some of the things that I and Dustin Nielsen do for, uh, you know, for the lock shop. Uh, maybe it's that. Maybe it's thing. I mean, I think at some point they'd be smart to get that sort of content right in on their website weekly and their social media. I mean, the more they can do listen, there's money to be made. There's money to be made from the companies sponsoring teams and the league. And there's also money to be made from the handles of, you know, regular average fans betting on these games as they've been doing overseas with none of the money coming back. So listen, I think this is good news for the CFL, certainly in the short term. And I'll tell you what, if we find out in a year or a year and a half that, you know, these talks are reopened, it'll probably be because, be because there's a big need for it. But in the meantime, all systems go green light, CFL football, three down, north of the border, nine teams. Let's get ready to do it. Now, um, we'll probably do much more on this tomorrow. We'll reach out to maybe Hammer and see if he wants to come on and uh, get his thoughts. He's done such a great job covering the league, and we have had some good conversations with him on the program before that. Um, the other big stories right now, and as I mentioned, right at the end of the program yesterday, Don, Dominic Toninato re-signed with the Winnipeg Jets. He's going to join us in about 10 minutes or so, maybe even less than that. Uh, this morning, Felix OJ Aliassim, right now, I guess now it's in the afternoon. He's in a battle right now with a seventh scene, the Italian Berrettini, but Denis Shapovalov, an incredible five uh, set classic outlast Russian Carl Kachinov, and he is off to his first Wimbledon semifinal. And Reem, um, it's already an amazing day for Canadian tennis. Uh, but if the young Montrealer can somehow win this match this afternoon and have two of the final four being Canadians, as well as, by the way, a shocking upset, Roger Federer out, um, this could be one of the great days in Canadian tennis history if Felix can get this done this afternoon. Yeah, it was great talking to Steve Simmons uh, yesterday, and he was saying, you know, it was amazing that a player could even, a Canadian player could even get in a game or a match with Bjorn Borg. And now you have... Not one, but possibly two guys in the semifinal at Wimbledon. Uh, you don't see this, you know, hardly ever. So, uh, I was, you know, I was tuned in to Shapovalov. I'm seeing a lot of, uh, you know, people I follow, follow on uh, on Twitter talking about it. It is, you know, front page of TSN. Now they're the rights holder of the broadcast, so there's some incentive there. But uh, I mean, I, I'm watching this Aliassim OJ Aliassim match right now. I have it on, and 
I remember just when, uh, you know, watching so much tennis for the U.S. Open when Bianca was in. That was also, you know, prime time, you know, great, you know, in, in the Eastern time zone. This is, you know, overseas, but I think it gives us something to watch, someone to cheer for. And definitely very exciting. It does make you want to go and pick up a racket at one of the many uh, tennis courts in the city. Yeah, no, I mean, we'll keep an eye on this. They're on serve right now, 5-5 in the third set, tied at one apiece. Chapo's kicking back just at his press conference. He's watching his buddy Felix try to get to the semis of Wimbledon. So we'll get to that. Um, We will talk about the soccer. Uh, I mentioned the great vaccination numbers we have. A big reason for that has allowed 2,000 fans to be at IG Field tonight for Valor FC. Red Hot Valor FC, 3-0 and on the season. Uh, get at it. I'm going to be there tonight if you're there. Um, make sure to uh, to hit me up or say hi. You know, it's only two thousand fans. It should not be. Uh, not be too easy to do it. Just checking the uh, the chat right now. Oh, Jonathan Kinder Huss. How long have you been a Chiefs fan? About twenty five years. Started on a Manitoba Moose trip back in the late nineties. We got some tickets and uh, sort of fell in love with the uh, the vibe down there. Um, and again, we've got Dominic Toninato coming up in just a minute. So if you have any questions for the newly re-signed member of the Jets, you can throw those in the chat. I'll try and get some of those as well as we get going. Uh, listen, before we do that, I want to give a big shout out to Royal Sports. As we mentioned, coming up this afternoon at 2, it's England and Denmark playing for a spot in the final against Italy. I think a lot of those Italy jerseys from Royal Sports were in front of Bar I on Corden last night, <laughs> yesterday afternoon after they won. That was a big time party. And uh, we'll see whether the neighborhood is rocking again on Sunday if the Italians can win Euro. But the English will have something to say about that. As Nick Ehlers and the Danes, big match this afternoon. The incredible merch is available at Royal Sports right now and all the biggest soccer stars from their club teams around the world as well. While you're there, you can check out Bomber gear, tons of Jets gear. Um, heck, you can uh, pick up. Now, you know, Dominic Toninato sticking around for a couple of more years. You can grab that jersey after uh, the way he kind of burst onto the scene at the end of the season and into the playoffs. Um, obviously, also got the incredible bike section, um, expanded camping, fitness. It's all there right now. So as the weather's beautiful, we're able to get back outside, connect with people, dominate summer, started off with a trip to Royal Sports. Um, and of course, our friends at Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Four Dairy Queens, Niverville, Northgate, Polo Park and DQ St. Anne's. Um, it is blizzard weather right now. The Kit Kat blizzard is back. They've got the mint, uh, mint girl guide cookie blizzard. My personal favorite is the drumstick. Um, and we did have quite a bit of a fast food talk with Rewiki on the skates and plates podcast earlier this week. Uh, I still maintain that ultimate grill burger, maybe the most slept on underrated burger in the fast food game. Pop out over to Nick and Nicky DQ and tell them that your boys Huss and Remus from Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. And I can tell you, if you're looking for a spot to watch the game tonight, Boston Pizzas are back open. It was so great to be in the lounge on the weekend. They got a great new summer menu and some great patio drinks. If you and the gang want to hook up outside the Bulldog Margarita Fishbowl, the White Sangria Smash, the Peachy Mojito Royale, and the Galaxy Fishbowl, along with those Vizzy Seltzers. So um, and while you're there, check out the Honey Dill Fried Chicken Sandwich and the Burger Italiano. We'll probably be moving some of those Burger Italianos for the game on Sunday afternoon, I would imagine. All right, let's get to it. Really looking forward to this next chat. First time we've spoken with this member of the Winnipeg Jets after he had a really up and down season that finished on a real high note with making his regular season debut and getting into the playoffs. He's now got a new two-year deal with the Winnipeg Jets, and he joins us now live on Winnipeg Sports Talk, welcoming in Dominic Toninato. Dominic, thanks so much for doing this. It's great to have you on the program. 
Thank you. Yeah, good to be here. Hey, first things first, um, congratulations on the new deal. Tell us a little bit about how it came about. Uh, was it a long time in the works? And uh, how pleased are you to know that uh, you're a Winnipeg Jet for the next two seasons? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, it was awesome to get it done this early in summer. Um, obviously, you can kind of sit back and enjoy it a little more and not have to worry about contract talks. But um, no, I mean, the contract talk was was pretty quick and, and not too bad. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get the done the deal done here, and um, now we're just getting excited to uh, get uh, get back to Winnipeg. How um, you know, from a player standpoint, I mean, are you just basically, hey, agent, tell me when it's done, or are you involved in it quite a bit? I mean, how much communication? Take us behind the scenes into something like this, because obviously, it's a huge decision for a player like yourself wanting a spot that you know you feel that you can grow as a player, and obviously, fairly compensates you. Yeah. So first, uh, first you just kind of start and talk with your agent. Um, how was the season? What do you want to do? Uh, stuff like that. And then he goes back, uh, GM or assistant GM gives him a call and, and they chat and then he'll come back, talk with me with, with what they said. And, uh, it's just kind of a, a long train that just goes back and forth until I uh, officially, uh, um, end up with the deal. Do you actually physically sign a contract? Is it like an e-signature now? Like, do they send you something and you, you put it on your computer? I mean, I know back in the day, everything was like faxed. Uh, how yeah, does yeah. it work in 2021? Yeah, I think you can do it a couple of different ways, like the e-sign or, or print it off and, and uh, scan it back and, and send it back that way. But mostly it's uh, it's all online. <laughs> well, Easy. welcome to 20, like everything else is like these interviews and everything else we've been doing for the last 18 months. Yeah, um, exactly. Tell us uh, why, um, what, I mean, obviously you came to Winnipeg last year. Um, you know, we'll talk about the season, the ups and downs, but you know, you finished on a real high note, getting into the lineup, obviously earning the trust of coach Paul Maurice and getting into some playoff games. Um, what was it about the opportunity with the Winnipeg Jets that made you think this is a great spot for you to continue your NHL career? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it was a good fit for me there. Uh, obviously, I loved I loved everything about being up there. Um, the coaching staff, the guys, uh, the front office, all all of the above, and and obviously they got amazing fans up there that I didn't get to experience last season, but hopefully can experience it this season. And um, I mean, Winnipeg's just such a great hockey city. You know, they they're so passionate up there, and and just they love their team up there. So that's something I'm I'm definitely looking forward to. I imagine despite the fact that, I mean, you weren't playing in front of fans and um, you know, you really only got into the jet lineup towards the end of the season. Um, there was, I mean, we've talked to, you know, a number of players. I mean, the, uh, the atmosphere around the building coming out of that sweep of the Oilers in the first round um, must've made a player that hasn't played in front of the fans as a member of the home team, um, yeah. you know, excited about what's to come and really feeling the love from the people here in the city and the province. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we were talking about it the whole series, uh, especially that the game we were down three and, and came back. The, the roof probably would have exploded if all the fans were there. So something uh, we're definitely looking forward to having them back. Um, what a crazy guy. I'm just glad you brought that up because, I mean, uh, you know, first of all, you coming in, scoring in game number one, a big part of that win must have been huge for you personally, uh, just getting the opportunity and then doing that. Uh, but then to be a part of that sweep and that game um, – I mean, the only thing it was missing was fifteen hundred or fifteen thousand five hundred maniacs dressed in white. Because um, I mean, it was uh, it was a moment I think a lot of people remember for a long time. Uh, oh, what do you remember about that series from a personal standpoint? Then, of course, those great team wins. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was incredible. Um, obviously, going in, nobody even gave us gave us a chance to win at all. So, um, I think sweeping sweeping the Oilers just kind of proved what kind of team we had, and um, hopefully, we can we can keep that that core together for next season and and make an even longer run. Uh, you know, a disappointing end to the season. And I mean, what can you say about the Montreal Canadiens and what they've done? I mean, there always seems to be an incredible story in and around the playoffs. They have been that team. We knew how difficult and out they were for your club. And then they go and beat the Vegas Golden Knights in the next series as pretty significant underdogs. Uh, once the team's been out, have you watched much of the playoffs? Um, uh, do you, are, are you one of the guys that, you know, stays on top of it? Or uh, do you need a break from hockey after the season's over? Uh, no, I actually am one that enjoys watching it. Um, I just, I love playoff hockey. So um, I typically watch as many games as, as I can. Well, it's uh, it's been interesting. We'll see what happens in game five tonight. Uh, just your thoughts on, on Tampa. I mean, as an NHL player, seeing the talent that they have top to bottom um, and what they've been able to do. Still haven't lost back-to-back since they got swept yeah. by Columbus. Uh, you know, credit to the Habs for getting that win and extending it to a game five tonight. But I imagine as an NHL player, you sort of realize this is the team that's setting the bar right now in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, they're they're an incredible team. Um, they're they're fun to watch. They, they don't have a weakness on any point of their lineup. They got great goaltending, great defensemen, and and awesome forwards so i mean they're they're definitely a tough team to beat and um yeah they're they're fun to watch dominic toninato is with us from the winnipeg jets the uh, signing a new two-year deal yesterday with the club to keep him in winnipeg let's talk about last season i mean you came in and uh, you know had some health issues i understand you had covid as well and uh, some injuries and tell us about the challenges that you had throughout last season uh before sort of a nice ending with getting into the lineup towards the end of the year yeah, obviously it was it was a tough start to the year and and uh, set me back set me back quite a ways. So um, obviously wasn't wasn't how I how I drew things up to go in Winnipeg, but um, tried making the most of the situation. I mean, you gotta gotta stay positive and and take what you can from from every situation. So I think uh, I think that's what I did last year was just work on the skills I could work on um, in practices and and just try and be as ready as I could for for when it was my time to, to get out there. You know, it was very interesting and telling, to be honest, from Paul Maurice when, um, you know, just because you hadn't been with the team for a good portion of the year, there were some other players that had played before that were mm-hmm. sort of in the mix. Um, when you went into the lineup, he had said that, you know, to be honest, I've got to give the the other coaches credit for noticing, you know, the work that he that you had been doing and how prepared you were to get ready to go in. Um, well, what can you tell us about being on, whether it's the taxi squad or the black aces, the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes and how you were able to sort of show that, you know, Hey, you remember me, I'm ready to go in and make something happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough just practicing every single day. Obviously you want to play games and stuff, but like I said, it, it was a time to, to work on some skills you don't typically get to work on throughout the year. And, uh, yeah, I was just trying to stay ready and try and stay in, in game shape as best as I could. And um, luckily, I, I got my number called and was was able to help the team out a bit. Um, the um, getting in those games at the end of the season, those last couple games, how big was that for you? Regardless of what happened in the playoffs, just to finally get back in with everything you'd been through that year and what everyone had been through, frankly, with COVID, but particularly your situation, being able to you know, have that opportunity to go and show what you can do. And I imagine from your perspective, it went quite well because we saw how that continued on going into the playoffs when there was a need. Yeah. I mean, um, 
Yeah, I mean, first off, I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't played with the Jets yet, so I didn't, I didn't really know the style. I obviously from practicing with them, um, but it's definitely not anything like playing in games. So being able to use use that and, and go out there and start uh, start learning the Jets way was was huge. And then obviously, I'm I'm on a one year contract last year, so my contract's up, and uh, I'm not really helping my case if if I'm not getting in any games. So getting in those games helped in, in a lot of different ways. Um, uh, thoughts about the team going forward. I mean, now you've been with the organization, but obviously a part of the team, you know, towards the end of the season, getting into the lineup, playing in the playoffs, um, you know, some real highs in you know round one, obviously lows in round two, but just your feeling about this Winnipeg Jets team going forward. Well, I think, I think we got a solid, very, very solid team moving forward here. Um, obviously we got, we got a lot of great players and, I think uh, I think we're right we're right there and and can hopefully make the jump to to bigger and better things in the playoffs next season. Um, Pete asks in the chat, Dom, uh, how has the environment in the Jet locker room been in comparison to some of the other teams that you've played for? We have heard certainly from many players it's a pretty tight group here in the Peg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was a great group of guys to come into, very welcoming, um, and yeah, very close group of guys. I think obviously the weird year last year with COVID and stuff uh, just brings you even closer together because uh, you're just, you're around them so much more. And um, yeah, I thought, uh, I thought it was a great locker room to be a part of and, and definitely one I'm excited to go back to. Hey, you know, considering your situation coming back from the, um, you know, the injury, you getting sick and all that, you get some time with the Manitoba moose. Um, yep. For a new player in an organization, how beneficial is it to have the American League team just down the hall from the NHL team and really not having to uproot your life or anything when you do have times, whether it's conditioning or your period of time to get some reps and play at the AHL level? Yeah, I mean, it's huge. Uh, I think it's huge not only for the players, but the organization too. Um, from a player standpoint, uh, you, can have, you can have one home base. You have, you have your apartment or house or whatever you're in in that one spot. And if you're going back and forth, you're not, uh, you're not taking a plane somewhere, living in a hotel. Um, it's just all right there. It's, it's, it's just one home, which is, which is very, very nice. Um, now Dominic, where are we getting you at? Where are you right now? And is this where you're spending your summer? Yep. Yep. Um, I'm just at my house, uh, down in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, little, little suburb right outside of Minneapolis. So just at home and enjoying summer. Well, and there's a few guys. We always joked about the Minnesota Mafia on the Winnipeg Jets. And over the years, there's been some mainstays. Some guys have come and gone, like Buff and Mark Stewart. Of course, Blake Weir, the captain, proud yeah. Minnesotan. And uh, it's interesting, um, you know, you and Neil Pionk were actually teammates at Duluth for a couple of years. Tell yeah. us about going back with Pionk and playing with him for a couple of years at the NCAA. And um, did, uh, did you have some talks with him before coming to the Winnipeg Jets in the first place? Yeah, so me and Neil... Uh, pretty much grew up in the same hometown. It was, it was just a neighboring city. Um, so we, we played against each other quite a bit. And then, uh, yeah, I was, was fortunate enough to play with them in, in college and we had some, we had some really good times there. So, uh, he's a good buddy of mine. And, um, when I was, when I was making a decision, he was a guy I could call and, and ask some questions about, about the jets. So, um, he definitely helped in the process. Um, tell us about, uh, you know, I mean, and Pionk's such an interesting dude and what a season he had as well. I mean, for a team that really had some significant challenges on defense, yeah. um, this was a guy that came, I mean, I think he's opened eyes and really from the day he came here in the Jacob Truba trade, 
Um, obviously, he's another guy that will need a contract at some point over the course of this summer. But, um, you know, from a teammate's perspective, especially a guy that's seen him play at the NCAA level, uh, it must be pretty cool to see a guy like that, a teammate and a friend, um, develop and turn into the player that he is right now and has shown for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, being with them for so long, uh, watching how hard he works and and uh, his mentality every day, day in and day out, uh, it was awesome to see him him get rewarded and and watching his progress as he keeps growing. Um, I mean, I think he's just he's going to keep continuing to get better. And obviously, last year was was his best year yet. So, um, some exciting times right now for him. And I think uh, he's only going to continue to grow and and turn into one of the top defensemen in the league. So uh, where, what was the party bigger for? Fourth of July or signing the contract? How, how'd you celebrate getting the deal done? <laughs> uh, no, kind of had to keep it, keep it a little quiet until it was officially done. Um, we didn't get it officially done until after the fourth. So I uh, was just up there and enjoying the fourth with friends and family and, and spending time on the lake uh, trying to beat the heat. Yeah, my God, has it been hot lately? I mean, I think everything that has kind of come through the West uh, blew out, us out for the yeah. last four or five days is now down in that area. And uh, although, let's face it, considering how much we all bitch about the winters around here, I think we can take some some hot days in the middle of the summer. Dominic Toninato is with us. Uh, what are the plans for the rest of the summer? It's sort of such a strange year, but I think we're getting closer to being on somewhat of a regular schedule, if you will. Although. Yeah. The summer's a little bit less. Um, now that you've got the deal, uh, how long will you be in the States? When do you get training? And uh, when do you come back to the peg? Uh, yeah, I've already uh, already got back to the training part. Um, just going to be working off ice, on ice, uh, doing what I can to, to keep getting better and growing my game. Um, besides hockey, a uh, big-time golfer. So uh, I spent a lot of time on the golf course. And then um, besides that, kind of just trying to spend as much time with friends and family as possible. I'm jealous of where you live because uh, many of us here, we haven't done it for a couple of years because, of course, the border, but uh, some pretty darn nice golf courses around there. And if you ever do a guy's trip down to that Brainerd area, it's uh, <laughs> it's yeah, I, was, I was actually just there a couple, uh, about a week and a half ago. <laughs> what tracks do you play? Uh, we played the Maddens and then we played the uh, classic Legacy. Oh, those yeah. are great. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, it's, phenomenal. Uh, I highly recommend when people are uh, vaxxed or whatever and able to cross the borders. You've been waiting for a great golf trip. There's uh, a lot of great spots down there and it's a, mm-hmm. a real fun spot. Well, what, are you a big sports fan as well? I mean, you mentioned how big of a golfer are you yeah. are. A uh, uh, big Minnesota fan. I imagine Vikes huge. would be a possible. Yep, yep. Huge, uh, huge Vikes fan, huge Twins fan. Um, not, uh, not the biggest basketball or soccer guy, but, uh, yeah, twins and twins and Vikes are my teams. Well, with a name like Toninato, maybe you should be a soccer fan coming up this week. <laughs> I already seen a bunch of people going, ask him about Italy. He's got to be fired up for that. No, <laughs> uh, no, I don't, uh, I'm not a big soccer guy. I don't, I don't follow it too closely at all. Well, you can wrap the flag around your shoulders and uh, stunt on everyone if your team wins. Oh, yeah. On uh, your team wins, you're uh, certainly there right now. Um, Dominic, this has been a heck of a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing you back here in uh, the city of Winnipeg. And uh, obviously, we've just got a tons of congratulations from uh, a number of fans here that are with us in the Winnipeg Sports Talk chat today. So uh, um, it was great to see you get into the lineup. And I know people are really excited to see you and the team get back at it. And when you come back for the first time, as a member of the home team, you will be playing in front of fans, and that'll be a great thing. Do you remember playing again in Winnipeg? I, I remember yeah. you playing here as a member of the Colorado Avalanche, and yeah. I have to admit, I wasn't familiar with you, but I said to the guys I was with, 
this guy's a real pain in the ass out there. I mean, you certainly <laughs> did make a mention of it. Uh, what was it like? Tell us a little bit about your time as a rookie in the NHL and uh, what you remember about playing here in Winnipeg and against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, rookie year was was crazy. Uh, just coming out of college and um, just experiencing the the pro lifestyle and um, uh, what it entails on a day to day basis was was a lot of fun. And um, I mean, I remember walking to the rink sometimes or being on the ice with some guys and just you're just wide eyed like I'm actually playing against these guys that I've been watching for so long. Um, and then, yeah, just some memories in Winnipeg actually uh, scored my first ever NHL goal in Winnipeg. Um, so the Winnipeg's a good spot for me. I like it up there. Well, hopefully there's many more to come. Um, how would you describe yourself as a player? And do you have you already set? I mean, do you have goals for next season for you as an NHL or a member of the Jets? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm a, a 200 foot, 200 foot player. Um, I take a lot of pride in my D zone. Um, shutting down the other team, but can go, can go on the offensive t- attack as well and, and put up some points. So um, I like to PK um, can play special teams, uh, all that good stuff. But uh, as far as goals, um, I just, I think I want to keep continuing uh, growing the points and, and keep getting better in, in that aspect and contributing on that side of the, of the game. Hey, just before we go, the guys from uh, the 18 over par podcast are in the chat right now wondering what the handicap is and how the game is this summer. <laughs> do they want a, do they want a true handicap? Or, or, or? <laughs> hey, it's up to you. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd say I'm about a six. Uh, that's uh, that's still pretty good. Well, I'll tell you what, if you get back here early and need a round, we'll get you out with our friends at Breezy Bend and uh, see uh, you can yeah, swing awesome. the sticks with the guys. But uh, listen, Dominic, congratulations on uh, on everything, the new contract and We'll look forward to uh, hopefully doing this again sometime when you're back in Winnipeg and back with the Jets and the team's back on the ice. Have a great summer, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. See you guys Great stuff. You got it. There he is, Dominic Toninato. New two-year deal with the Winnipeg Jets signed yesterday. And, um, you know, he, I was a real fun interview. That was a real fun interview. And, uh, you know, we hadn't, you know, you know, without player, he came and then was out of the mix for so long. Um and I mean, really, I mean, I think, you know, I think back and we'll bring Remus in here in a minute. I mean, you think back to game 55 of the season when the injuries crept up. And I think it was somewhat surprising for a lot of people that Toninato was the guy just because he hadn't played before. And you had players like Harkins that have been around. But it was quite obvious that he had really shown that, um, you know, that he was ready to go from the other coaches. And Palmery seemed to agree. And certainly as they went into the playoffs, um, certainly showed that he, uh, has a good future here and uh, could be a player that could definitely be an effective depth forward for the Winnipeg Jets. And I think that's a big reason why the deal was signed yesterday. Uh, just before we get Remo back in here, I'm doing a thank our friends at not auto Corp for their wonderful support of Winnipeg sports talk since day one. Uh, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the not team uh, pop down and visit them at Waverly and McGilvery or check out everything they've got to offer simply easily from home online at not.ca, N-O-T-T dot C-A. Um, and in addition to all the great vehicles, an amazing selection of Teslas, if you're thinking about going electric, uh, also got a great service department, Red Seal technicians, car detailing, and so many more services. Um, and I will say probably the nicest showroom in the city as well uh, with all the art that Trevor has. And now we're kind of getting back to being able to go out in public, uh, pop down and see our friends at Not at Waverly and McGilvery. And of course... 
It's nice outside. We're going to get warm again heading into the weekend. And you know what that means? Little brown jug. And I will say, I think there might be some celebratory little brown jugs tonight by a few members of the Valor Army heading down to the game at IG Field. I'm not sure whether there even is concessions or anything like that, but honestly, not complaining at all. Maybe a little tailgate or a couple at the pub before the game. Um, But whatever the occasion is, if you're looking for an incredible local beer, the 1919 is the flagship. They've got two incredible new ones, the Summer Lager and the Hefeweizen. If you haven't tried it already, all available in the Summer Variety Pack. And it's easier than ever to order Little Brown Jug directly to your home with home delivery uh, littlebrownjug.ca same day delivery within the city of winnipeg you can get those 1919s and more and of course they're also setting up at many of the garden centers on the weekends throughout the year find out more at the events page it's all there at littlebrownjug.ca and don't forget the tap room is open again uh, amazing spot to go with some friends for a few bevies outside go down and check it out now that it is back open on william avenue and uh, as we mentioned with dominic uh, big shout out to our friends at breezy bend um our golfing home and it can be you and your family's golfing home next year an amazing junior program fantastic women's programs as well a great men's night and so much more great upgrades to the course this year um so check them out breezybend.ca or give Corey Johnson a call and get on that waiting list for next year. Um, we've got the John Deere Open this week on the PGA Tour. Scottish Open prep for the Open Championship next week. Uh, we'll talk some more golf for Breezy Bend as we get into the weekend. And as I did mention, we will get Munzee on at some point soon, who's now working with Golf Manitoba, as uh, many of the provincial championships are back on and getting underway. Um, all right, let's get Remus back in here before we uh, hook up with Art O'Cal in a few minutes. Uh, Reem. Uh, that was a real fun conversation with Dominic Toninato. Very well spoken and seemed pretty excited to get that deal done and get back to Winnipeg and finally play in front of fans. Yeah, it was interesting uh, hearing from him. One thing that I think we don't, maybe when you're just evaluating free agents like a guy like Dom Toninato, maybe he's more likely to sign a two-way deal than a one-way in Winnipeg because, you know, he seemed pretty enthusiastic about having, you know, the moose right here, not having to pack up and go anywhere. Everyone's able to see you play. Um, so if you're a guy, you know, maybe trying to break in or trying to establish yourself a bit more, uh, Winnipeg could be a good spot. And, you know, they've had have had luck. We've seen it with the Moose where, you know, they sign guys, um, you know, pr- probably the most notable Alex Burroughs, you know, come in, um, you know, make a name and, um, you know, can really establish themselves as NHL players. But, you know, we've seen so many guys, you know, look at the Jets roster right now, how many of them have spent time with the Moose um, you know, a couple, you know, in St. John's, you know, Hellbuck, Morrissey, uh, and even Shifley in a playoff run. But I mean, you look at guys like Connor, Appleton, and, you know, people on defense, uh, Logan Stanley this year. I mean, a number of guys who have had success in the Moose. Um, you know, the last couple, you know, they started off when they returned, maybe, you know, they were a young team, but I think they've really grown into a more competitive one the last couple of years. Well, and the crazy thing, I mean, Toninato only got three games in with the Moose. And I mean, he's on a one-way deal. Um, You know, he'll be an NHL player. And, you know, he has played enough games in the league over the last two seasons to be eligible for the expansion draft. And I think part of the timing of the deal uh, was to make sure the Jets were compliant. Um, But the bottom line is, I think he really opened some eyes with his play in those final couple games Mm -hmm. as well as in the playoffs. And... You know, you know, who knows what's going to come back? And these will be topics for us going forward. You know, what happens with Trevor Lewis, with Nate Thompson? I mean, there's a number of players with expiring contracts. 
But I think at his age, 27 years old, really pretty much in the prime of his career, I think they're looking at maybe, you know, a, a younger player in like a Toninato to be able to go in. Presumably Jansen Harkins will be in the mix as well. All of this contingent on who, of course, gets selected by Seattle in the expansion draft coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think if you're, uh, you know, building an NHL team, you have to have guys at low salary in your bottom six forward positions, especially if you're, you know, paying guys high. But you also need some of those guys to step up and maybe play a bit above their their weight. And now Tonato didn't get really get to play much last year. He played a you know few games at the end you know at the end of the season and and the playoffs. But I mean, he in his limited time, he's impressed a, a little bit. So you know he looks to build on that and, and move forward. Whether it's be with the Moose in his uh, first year or the Jets. But uh, I think there was I think a lot of people uh, liked his game. As you said, a pain in the ass to play against, and you know can contribute offensively. Yeah, no, I do remember him coming to Winnipeg as a member of the Avalanche. And, of course, we saw him debut with the Jets last year and then, of course, make an impact with that big goal in game number one that uh, helped get the Jets off to a great start against the Edmonton Oilers and eventually sweep Edmonton before falling to uh, Les Canadiens in round number two. Um, All right, quick update from Wimbledon. Tough second set for Felix Auger-Aliassime. Lost 7-5. He's now down 3-0 in the fourth set. So real backs against the wall time for Felix. He'll need to get a break and get back into it to join his buddy Denis Shapovalov in the semifinals of Wimbledon. Um, the uh, Eric was asking, um, what the heck was it? The uh, Well, you know, we'll get to this. Oh, yeah, I wonder who the Moose coach will be coming up. That will be something we'll be tackling in the next couple of weeks. A very big decision for the Winnipeg Jets after Pascal Vincent moved on to join the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets coaching staff. Um, so thanks again to Dominic Toninato of the Winnipeg Jets for joining us. Great to see him with the new two-year contract and a really fun conversation as well. Now, from one great conversation to another, so excited for this next one because we have... The man himself, ESPN's Arda O'Cal, joining us for the first time on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Arda, what's up? Thanks so much for doing this. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, Andrew, great to be with you, man. How have you been? Uh, I've been doing very well. You know, ever since everything happened with TSN, Michael and I got this going. The reaction has been amazing. The support has been great. And the bottom line is this is a sports mad city. Uh, People want to talk about the Jets and the Bombers and the NHL and the Stanley Cup final. And uh, we sort of brought a lot of people here. So uh, and a big part of it has been the support of people like yourselves popping on. So I can't thank you enough for doing this. And I'm so excited to have you on the program because, of course, uh, you know, working with ESPN now, uh, you know, a Canadian. So we're talking NHL. But there's also some real fun things that we talk a lot about in this program. But let's start off with the with the hockey. Um, as an NHL, first of all, congratulations with everything with ESPN. I mean, moving over to Sports Center now, doing the NHL stuff. I mean, you've had a number of incredible jobs in the sports media world. But I imagine this has got to be about as good as it gets for you. Yeah, I mean, I started in Canadian media, right? I was at the Score Television Network when they still had a TV station a long, long time ago. And uh, Rogers TV before that, like I basically grind up my way. I almost took a job in Winnipeg, actually. Um, I, I forget what the local public access channel was, but it, I think it was like 09. I made a decision to intern at the Score uh, and I guess that was the right decision to make with, with all due respect to the great city of Winnipeg. But, um, that was the, uh, the two options that I was debating at the time. 
But uh, yeah, it's been a long and winding road, man. But uh, very happy to be at ESPN. Very happy to be contributing, doing Sports Center, and of course, hockey coming up next season uh, in the crease that we do and everything. So uh, it's a it's a lot of fun, man. I can't complain. Well, it, it certainly is, and I mean, uh, you know, as someone with your background, um, knowing hockey the way you do, um, I'm sure you're one of the most fired up dudes when you found <laughs> out that uh, oh yeah, hockey, the National Hockey League's coming to ESPN. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a it wasn't a horrible day. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Exactly, but, and you know we got to give. I mean, our good friend Leah Hextall here from Winnipeg, yep. uh, part of the uh, part of the crew. I mean, a pretty incredible team that ESPN has put together to uh, welcome the National Hockey League back to the worldwide leader next year. Absolutely, we. we I mean, the the press release was terrific. The the names that you saw were fantastic. You know, from Mark Messier and Chris Chelios to people like Leah Hextall, Blake Bolden, Greg Wyshynski, Emily Kaplan, etc. The list goes on. There, there were some really, really great names. I thought that it was a. a ter- I mean, I'm biased. Obviously, I work at ESPN, but I thought it was a terrific announcement with a great uh, collection of names. And I think that uh, it hockey fans particularly in the United States can get really excited for uh, the things that are coming up. I don't know too much about uh, what will, what is to come other than what's in the press release and already out there. Uh, But uh, yeah, it's going to be from all that I can guess uh, it's going to be terrific and I can't wait to be a part of it. You know, hockey coverage, sports center, esports. I mean, working at a place like that with your um, skill set, um, it, it's kind of neat. Like on any given day, you could be working on something very different than what you were doing before. It's kind of funny. Like, I mean, even this time last year with the pandemic, like I was uh, I, I was hired at ESPN to do multiple things. So like before the pandemic, I was you know, doing hockey coverage, or I was hosting an MLS show, or I was doing esports, or or many different things. And then when the pandemic hit, it was all esports all the time. We were doing five days a week, different esports prog- uh, shows and programming, etc. And then now it's a lot of different things. It's back to that Swiss Army knife life, and I'm not uh, bugged about it at all. Like this weekend, I'm hosting a Euro uh, 2020 Finals digital show, and I've done NBA coverage and Sports Nation, Sports Center, and. Like I, honestly, like this is a very this is a dream for any broad. If you grew up a broadcaster, like it's kind of a dream to be able to contribute to so many things, right? And you know, like hockey's my number one passion, of course. And so, uh, I this is a great time to be at ESPN and a great position to be in. And so, I'm just blessed, man. Like I'm just really happy. Like it was a long and winding road in Canada. I wouldn't change a thing. It was it was it was a, it was a blast. Uh, but as you know, it's not an, um, an e- it's not the easiest industry sometimes. And, you know, you go through your ups and downs. And luckily, right now, we're, we're riding a wave. Yeah, I would say the uh, the industry getting more difficult in certain areas. First, it was newspapers, the radio. But at the end of the day, the demand for sports content, live programming, of course, on the TV mm-hmm. side isn't going anywhere. Um, it's finding your place in the market. And um, you certainly have done that. Let me ask you, are you in Bristol? Uh, is that home base for you now, Bristol, no, Connecticut? No, I'm, I'm just outside of New York City. My wife's a teacher, so uh, we live uh, close enough that she can uh, go to uh, her her school uh, and so I basically that's the one thing. And listen, this is I understand that this is, should not be a big complaint. OK, <laughs> but if there's one thing that I wish I could change is the long commute to Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, that is definitely tiring at times because it's it could be upwards of like a 90 minute, two hour drive in traffic. But uh, it's not that bad. You throw on a podcast, listen to your show, you know, like. <laughs> You just you just listen to things and then you just get caught up in in some ways, you know? 
ESPN's Art Ocal with us. All right, uh, you mentioned a couple things I want to touch on, but before we go any further, Cup Final, Game 5 tonight, uh, you know, gutsy performance by the Habs. I think we all agree. Tampa, you know, a heavy favorite for obvious reasons. This is an incredible powerhouse team, one that, you know, down the road, we might look back as one of the great teams over the course of these two decades, uh, but it ain't over yet. Uh, what do you think of the Habs going into Tampa tonight? I'd go so far as to say that if, I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning already are the greatest team of the pandemic era, right? Like the Lakers won the NBA championship last year. They didn't get far this season. And obviously we had one Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, Tampa is really the city of the pandemic in terms of sports, right? Like like sports success with the Rays in the World Series and the uh, the Buccaneers and the Lightning. But the Lightning possibly repeating, likely repeating as Stanley Cup champions, according to many people, would certainly cement that status. And you, you're right. I mean, game four was very much a, we need, we, we have desperation here. We got to change our lines. We got to make some moves. Uh, and it felt like Montreal pressured Tampa, particularly that first power play unit, uh, a lot more than they had uh, for all the playoffs. I, I feel like they were a team that showed that grit, that heart, uh, and, and suffocated Tampa at times, particularly their top dogs. And if they can continue to do that, they'll make it competitive. I just, I, 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 I feel aligned with many people who say, okay, the changes got them one game, got them one game of grace, but that gentleman sweep is looks pretty tantalizing right now. And Tampa is the kind of team that will be able to bounce back from those kind of things, make small adjustments, maybe even a, a line change here or there, even if it's not officially on the paper, it might be in, in the second period or even in, in midway through, we see a couple of, you know, uh, personnel changes, whatever it might be. But Tampa is the kind of team that would bounce back from that and, and win a game five, nothing, you know, and you have to tip your cap to carry price. I mean, this game did not start off great for Montreal in game mm. number four. I mean, they had one shot in about the first half period um and then they got that goal though and you know i remember the save he made on kucherov later on in the game a little bit of good fortune on that power play but then they win the game and i mean if you didn't know better and you were just looking at Carey price you would have thought that that was like game 30 of the regular season i mean you (laughs) want to talk about a guy that's been there done that before although this is the biggest stage he's ever been on as a montreal canadian outside of obviously his olympic great greatness that it was his 91st postseason game and his very first stanley cup final victory which is crazy to think for Carey Price, right? And going back to your uh, thing about the shots, at the five-minute mark of the first period, like the five minutes to go, the shots were 15 to 1. Like, you just think like, wow, okay, this is a ridiculous game, right? And and I even said this, like, I don't think it's going to happen now because it's too, uh, too dominant of a series. But if this was a six-game, seven-game series, or let, maybe if even if it does happen, but assuming the game ends tonight, okay, let's just say the series ends tonight in this hypothetical scenario. Uh, I I had been saying that if this was a competitive series and even if the Habs lost, we would have seen like a J.S. Jaguar, Ron Hextall situation where Carey Price could have very well been the Conn Smythe winner because he was so good in the playoffs and he's basically the biggest reason Montreal even made it this far. Well, and, and it's a great point. And I guess the other side of it is that certainly for the voters, and I talked to a few of them and heard a few of them speak about it, it's such a difficult decision to 
pick a guy on Tampa. I mean, is it Vasilevsky? Is it Kucherov? We can't forget what Brady you, Point did all the way got coming here right now. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, do you pick, mo- like, how much do you weigh the Stanley Cup final itself? Because Braden pointed a nine-game goal streak. I mean, that's ridiculous, <laughs> right? But he but he hasn't been as dominant in the final, and everyone's pointing to Kucherov and Vasilevsky too, fair enough. But, like, how much does the final matter? What what percentage value does the final have to the overall Conn Smythe uh, voting? Even if it's not supposed to, recency bias is a real thing, Arda, and I think it has mm-hmm. a huge part of it. I mean, I even heard Elliot Friedman, who's, you know, one of the most respected guys, mm-hmm. said, you know, he was kind of telling how this worked, and he said, well... Everyone has to give their ballot in with 10 minutes left in the third period. But you can put a caveat like uh, if Braden Point scores the overtime cup winning goal, I'm going to give it to him. (laughs) Or if Kucherov (laughs) does that. But if not, I'm giving it to Vasilevsky. So uh, I guess there's some outs. But um, listen, a lot of great, great uh, candidates for this event, uh, uh, for this game tonight and for the Conn Smythe Trophy Award. Uh, Arda, you mentioned a couple things. Euro, I know you're a big soccer fan. How much have you enjoyed this? tournament right now i live in little italy here in winnipeg i can tell you that the street was going bananas yesterday after the game and um thoughts on this great semi-final we've got with uh, what a story of the De- danes considering the way the tournament started and uh the england uh, england crew trying to bring it home as they say yeah i mean it, it started awful for me since my parents are from turkey and turkey just fizzled out in their first two games which is absolutely atrocious uh but as a neutral fan it's been amazing england are like the toronto maple leafs of soccer right like they basically are the most one of the most popular teams in the world but they just struggle to get success and they also have a drought spanning from the 60s shocker right <laughs> so like they but but now they have a very real chance Right. Like this is actually a genuine opportunity for them to not only make the final, but if they do give Italy some fits with with the team that they have around them. Raheem Sterling has been playing amazing. Harry Kane has been in form. They have a really good team that could really propel them to championship status in this tournament. Now, Denmark is a very pressing team an attacking team. I believe they have among the most shots on target in this entire tournament. And of course, you know, the, the, uh, the the Christian Eriksen situation and how uh, essentially every neutral fan is willing them to succeed and and, and the positive vibes, etc. And actually, I believe I just heard the news that Christian Eriksen and the medical staff have been invited to the final. I'm, I'm not sure if that was I, I'm, I'm certain they already know the answer and I'm sure that we might very well see them there. But uh, I do recall the news that they were invited at the very least, which is a really cool thing uh, to possibly be able to see them there. But, um, but Italy definitely earned their spot. Um, I'm a fan of penalty shootouts. I know that this is always a big topic of conversation. I'm not a fan of them for hockey. I'm a fan of them for soccer. Uh, I, I, I do love the drama of them. I do love the, the unforgiving nature, uh, how, how difficult they are and how dramatic they are, especially as a neutral observer. So and, and a part of that might also be because we're so used to them by now and it's such a, a, a tradition, so to speak. So I'm a fan of it. Uh, I know that it's a big con- point of contention in hockey, but at least for soccer, I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, I, I mean, listen, I'm far more a hockey guy than a soccer guy. But I mean, just as a fan, I mean, you see, I mean, you can go full games at zero zero. I mean, like, what's the alternative? I mean, I guess you could take players off and play sudden down. I, mean, I don't know. It's just not the way the game works. It never has. And uh, I don't think that they're ever going to change that. And you're right. The drama created with, with the stakes being so high on these kicks is, um, is incredible. And it's very memorable. One more, just on Denmark. Um, 
is it how surprised are you that they're at this point in the tournament? I mean, never mind the loss to Finland game number one and what happened all around it. I mean, it was, it was Denmark a team that many people thought was, you know, a contender for this title or are they sort of the Cinderella team so far in so, Euro 2020? Yeah, I'd say they're the Cinderella team. I mean, they won the Euro Cup in 1992. Uh, they definitely, uh, so I'm just looking at their, just to refresh myself on their path. So they were in the same group as Belgium. They probably, with them or Finland, very likely to advance from that group, even in the second position. And remember, this year there were more teams than ever before. So even a few third place teams out of the group were advancing into the knockout round. So it wasn't as difficult as previous tournaments to advance or even even a while ago, so to speak. Now, looking at the actual bracket, so they faced Wales. So that might have been impressive because Wales had a really good group stage and they were able to progress out of that second spot. But they really, really hammered them. Uh, the Czech Republic looked good in the group stage as well. But now the thing is, to me, this is the real test because England is a world class team. They are a team that belong in the same conversations as Spain and Italy uh, and France and and previous champions, regardless of how many championships they've won. I know people troll them about that, but regardless of that, they belong in that conversation because they are world leaders in football. So for Denmark to have a good game against England, for them to advance in a position like this, that would put them truly as the, uh, the I, I, I guess by proxy right now, because Italy and England are the other teams remaining and also Spain who just lost. They are the Cinderella team, but now if they're able to beat England, much like Iceland did in the previous Euros against England. So there is a little bit of a precedent there, so to speak. But this is a different England team. Then it would truly be a David versus Goliath in the final, much like it is in the semi. Well, I can't wait for this game tonight, uh, this afternoon. And whoever wins, um, Italy will be ready, and it should be a great finale to Euro 2020. Ardo Cal's with us. Ardo, you have been one of the guys at the forefront of the esports movement. Um, everyone in chat, first of all, before I even ask you what esports is asking, are you rocking the Nintendo Power Glove behind you underneath the E on your set? <laughs> yeah. So that's actually, so this E is actually an e, a custom made ESPN championship belt. Um, I would pull it out right now. It's a little bit it's stuck there right now, but <laughs> at some point in the future, I'll, I'll bring it out. But yeah, you can see like there's like a, a couple of systems here. I'm very much a retro gamer, as you can tell. Uh, but these are power gloves. Yes. Uh, little secret for all of you. I actually cut the cords so that uh, they, I do have one usable power glove. I have a third one that's off camera, but these two are just for show. So I cut the cords so I didn't have to deal with them. <laughs> how did you uh, how did you get it? I mean, uh, many of us grew up loving video games and playing them. But um, tell us about being, you know, one of the faces really of esports and the incredible growth of this even before the pandemic, but especially during the last 18 months. So as much as I appreciate you saying that, I, I mean, there are definitely people who are pioneers in, in esports, particularly in the biggest esports. When you're talking League of Legends or Call of Duty, there are many people there that have been in those scenes for a very long time. Me personally, I've been there since the beginning for NHL esports, uh, which has been a very growing uh, scene and we you you might see commercials during the Stanley Cup finals or you might see the broadcasts air after games etc uh, and that's how you might be familiar with esports and honestly the most successful esports uh, that are out there right now that are rivaling viewership in cert on certain platforms of traditional sports are ones like League of Legends and and Call of Duty League and Rocket League and these are games that have been around for a very long time 
but are experiencing great success uh, with sports like league models. And uh, the, the scene continues to grow and it attracts a very young audience. And from a broadcaster's perspective, Andrew, I, I, I like the innovations that they're making. I like the integrations with, with Twitch chat, for example, and how they're really having this real-time feedback and integrating that into broadcasts and the innovations that they're doing with their presentation and not just taking from traditional sports, almost influencing traditional sports broadcast and presentation in a way with alternate casts and co-casts, et cetera. Like it's a very exciting space, not just because of the content itself, but how things are being presented. Uh, It's been fascinating. You mentioned, I mean, League of Legends and even Call of Duty. I think I'm just too old. My reflexes aren't good enough. (laughs) I just get killed all the time. But I have to say, I played Rocket League with a friend. Just, oh, this kind of looks neat. And to me, this is one of the most transcendent games because it it is so simple. Anyone can pick it up and kind of learn how to play. But when you watch the best players in the world, the things they're doing, you have a hard time wrapping your head around it. And it's incredibly viewer friendly. I can't even believe I'm admitting on it this. But early on in the pandemic, I started watching it. And the books with no sports to bet on were putting up lines and we're betting on Rocket League games mm-hmm. and sort of really got into it. Um, You know, outside of those big team games of the elites, but things like Rocket League, I mean, how has that helped esports in get new people into it in a game that they can both play and kind of follow at a high level with the best players in the world? Yeah, I, I, I often say that the gateway esport is Rocket League because it's very easy to understand. It's three cars on a field and you're, the cars are hitting a ball into a net. It's, it's car soccer is basically what it is. And for me, the best esports have an element of fantasy to them. So like simulator sports, like for example, NHL, it's exciting to watch because you play the game and you see these players play at such a high level and you try to emulate what they do, right? Um, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, though, you'd be hard pressed to imagine a world where the esport is just as popular as the actual sport, especially if the esport looks like the actual sport. And that's not a knock to the esport at all. I think that there will be a symbiotic relationship and the esports ecosystem, whether it's Madden, FIFA, NHL, 2K, whatever it is, I do believe that there will be a massive presence for all of those esports in conjunction with the leagues uh, of the game that they represent. And so I think that that will definitely grow as the years go on. But the biggest esports will always have that element of fantasy, League of Legends, fantasy, Call of Duty, fantasy, Rocket League, fantasy as well. And for me, Rocket League has the best opportunity to bring a mainstream audience to esports. At one point, actually, uh, I don't think that it's happening now as we get into the Olympic season. But before the pandemic, there were plans for Intel to put on an event that was essentially a pre a precursor to the Olympics involving esports, and that would have been the almost the introduction to esports at the Olympics. Eventually, trying to gain consideration to make it an Olympic sport, and I do believe that we will see these major foundational changes revolving around esport, whether it's betting, whether it's uh, at the Olympics, whether it's other major entities getting into esports or presenting esports, etc. I do think that these things are coming for the esports ecosystem and for the many games that fall under the uh, esports banner. Ardo Cal of ESPN is with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, You mentioned 
the NHL and the game. I know Remus, uh, my partner here, a big Twitch yeah. streamer, always playing NHL. Um, I've noticed that you've been, uh, you know, really in some ways, almost the, the face of the broadcast of the NHL gaming championships. Lots of hockey fans here that probably aren't familiar with that. Tell us a little bit about that, how good these guys are. And I mean, the, the top players in the world, um, what, what's out there for them as uh, if you're the best guy on the sticks at NHL? Yeah, so the NHL Gaming World Championship started in 2018. Uh, we did a world championship in Vegas. We did different uh, regions as well. European champion, Canadian champion, U.S. champion. We did that format for the first three years. In 2020, obviously, with the pandemic, we did not crown a world champion. We also didn't crown a world champion this year. It is still ongoing. It's season four right now. And basically uh, how it works is anyone can enter. You play with your hut team, your hockey ultimate team. You put together a team and then you compete. You enter the tournament. You go through the bracket if you get far enough. Then you qualify for uh, the next round, et cetera. And right now we are in the divisional finals. So the format changed this year. Um, every team in the league has a winner now. So, for example, the Boston Bruins champion, his name is Regs, uh, Justin Reguli. He lives in Thunder Bay, Ontario, actually, uh, very close to Winnipeg. And he's considered to be the best player in the world. He He's very good. Uh, at the game, uh, he does things. He's he's sort of like a Connor McDavid type, where where you watch him play and you're like, how did you even do that? How are you even in position to do that? How did you know to do that? Right? Like he's that kind of player when you watch him play. He's so good. Uh, and as the Boston Bruins champion, he actually won the East Division, so he's moving on to the Final Four uh, of the North American Championship. And uh, a guy by the name of Josh Fearless, who's representing the Ottawa Senators, uh, he also uh, is a, a champion. Uh, He just won the North Division, and now he's moving on as well. So we have two more divisions, the Central and the West, to shake out. And then we're going to have our Grand Championship later in July. And it all happens on twitch.tv slash NHL. And also there are linear broadcasts on Sportsnet and also on NBCSN uh, and in Europe as well. So uh, the the production team is based out of Denmark. Speaking of Denmark, DreamHack Sports, uh, they put everything together. And it's myself and a guy by the name of Andrew Nasher-Telfer, who's probably the most prominent hockey YouTuber out there. There. He's a regular streamer of the game, but also he does a lot of like real life hockey content. He's the guy, if you remember, uh, who got the waffle on his hockey stick and tossed it into uh, the toaster. Uh, that video went viral a couple years ago. So, um, but uh, he's a great, he's great. He's he's really like connected with the with the younger audiences. And I remember we went to the Hockey Hall of Fame one day, and he had a lineup of kids, like seven to twelve year old kids, just waiting for his autograph because they watch his content online. It was like amazing to see. I was like, dude, I'm so happy for you. Like this is awesome. I love this. And then like one 40 year old dad came up to me and it was like, hey, I remember you from like from I don't know some hockey thing I did like ten years ago. And I'm like, thanks, man. I love it. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, yeah, let's go. I got one. <laughs> uh, Arna, um, before we go, and thank you again so much for joining us. This has been just a great chat. Um, yeah. Remus and I, big wrestling guys, could not help but notice that you for Sports Nation yesterday sat down with Kevin Nash discussing yeah. the 25th anniversary of the NWO. Um uh, a big wrestling guy. You've worked in wrestling as well. I'll still never forget turning on the WWE, uh, having known you as Ardo Ocal in the score and saying, well, this Kyle Edwards guy looks yeah. exactly like that Arda dude from the score. Um, it's a little bit about your involvement in wrestling and uh, what you did uh, to commemorate 25 years of uh, 
the NWO. Yeah, no, I, I have fond memories of my time in wrestling and people still message me about Aftermath or right after wrestling and, and end time at WWE. That was funny because that was my first assignment at WWE too. It's like, you you know I'm a commodity in Canada. You bring me to WWE, you change my name and then I'm back on the Slam Jams or whatever they were called, uh, the uh, live updates during Raw in Canada. It was just hilarious. This was like, <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm back, sort of. Hey guys. But um it, yeah, like uh, Aftermath uh, had a really great run. Like, I mean, even in television, like you, you we, we know the media landscape changes all the time. And right after wrestling started in December 2009 and it became Aftermath and it was on the air for over 10 years. Like that is amazing for television, right? Especially for Canadian television, like for a series to last that long and have shows pretty much every week is unbelievable. And so like, I'm very proud of that because that was my baby. Like I pitched that show and I basically got it green lit and, and helped create it and put it together. And so uh, I'm very proud that we were able to do that. And, you know, getting to WWE was a lifelong dream. And I was very happy with the two years that I spent there. Uh, I'll be honest, like after that, basically the chapter closed. I, I, I'm very happy with it. I have friends in wrestling. I just don't follow it as much as I used to. I don't watch very much anymore, uh, except if like, say a wrestler sends me a match for them to watch that kind of thing. But otherwise I don't keep up on it as much as I used to, maybe because I have so much else to watch. But, uh, yeah, one of the things that sticks with you is definitely that late nineties attitude era slash the NWO and the NWO was really, it's funny, like in talking with Kevin Nash about it, all we did was talk about the NWO. He says that they still sell at least $100,000 of T-shirts every quarter. <laughs> like when I heard that, I was like, man, like 25 years later, that's how passionate wrestling fans are. Like unbelievable. Yeah, it, um, you know, and just seeing that, you know, with Hogan finally turning, I mean, it was just such, and, and it, in some ways it shot WCW to the top, but in uh, other ways, if you talk to the wrestling historians, it also sort of set the tone for the things that would eventually bring it down and put everything sure. back under the, uh, the WWE umbrella. But I can understand why you don't have a lot of time for raw and whatnot. Now being a, father and working with all of these different things that we've just talked about. And I'll tell you what, you, my friend, are going to be getting that much busier when the NHL returns to ESPN next season. Arda, this has been so much fun. Thanks so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I'll be back. You're right on. There he is, Arda O'Cal. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Arda. Um, and of course, uh, working with Barry Melrose now, podcast after the game on ESPN and their platforms. And uh, he will be a big part uh, going forward. It was really cool to see him get up there um, on SportsCenter. Uh, I think he's got that pinned tweet, sort of a, a dream for him. And um, for any of you that are of my vintage that remember, certainly that we're wrestling fans, um, he did that. And that show not only spawned Arda, uh, but Rene Paquette who was, you know, working at the score, took over, I think, when Arda left. Next thing you know, she's also working for the uh, the, uh, the WWE and ended up uh, marrying Dean Ambrose, which uh, was interesting. We now, I guess, is John Moxley over in the AEW. But um, that was fantastic. Let's get Remus back in here. I, I got to give Remo uh, some serious props on, uh, on hooking up Arda because um, that is a guy that is right in line with things that we love to talk about later on in the show here on Winnipeg Sports Talk after we kind of get to maybe the big pro sports um, and just a hell of a guy and, and one that has done so well for himself. It's uh, it really cool to see Reem and uh, that was a heck of a fun interview. Yeah, Art is an awesome guy. You know, when uh, we got let go, he uh, reached out to me and said, uh, anytime you need anything, uh, let me know. And I DM'd him. He got back to me immediately. 
He did mention, uh, sorry, how many hundred thousand of uh, NWO t-shirts? Sorry, I had to pull, <laughs> had to pull this one, this one out. Uh, it's uh, yeah, twenty fifth anniversary. I bought this one uh, a couple years ago in the U.S. I but, think I uh, saw Eric drop a, a WST World order. I mean, would it be copyright infringement if we did a WST shirt like that? Um, uh, just instead of NWO, I'm not. I'm not sure. I know there's so many uh, variations of that but uh, i guess we could do put one in our our, our colors or something but uh, <laughs> jeff kabilis i'm still blown away with the power gloves multiple power gloves decorded yeah. so he's still got one to you i don't think as much as a nintendo guy i was i don't think i ever tried the power glove i don't even remember it hit us up in the chat with what that no. was for what that was used for i mean i remember it looked sort of cool but i really didn't understand the functionality of it i think just stuck with the controller yeah, I, I don't know too much. I just know the commercial. I know that it looks cool. And I think you saw something that you you imagine, that, like the future. You could go like this and your game would control. Obviously, I don't think it worked like that in the late 80s. Um, but I think now, you know, you do kind of have that with uh, what when they introduced Nintendo Wii. I think more stuff became uh, possible. Uh, I tell you what, it's been a real fun show today. Great to have Dominic Toninato on with us. And, uh, of course, Arda Ocal. We can tell you that England and Denmark are underway 0-0 in the first half. And, uh, of course, unfortunately, end of the road for Felix Auger-Aliassime. But what a great run it was for the young Canadian getting to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. Uh, but we will have one Canadian playing in the semis, and that, of course, is our boy Denis Shapovalov, who goes up against world number one and number one seed Novak Djokovic on Friday. We'll probably talk a little more tennis tomorrow on uh, on the program. Um, big shout out to uh, our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Going to be going there next week, kind of on Friday. I'm actually going to be going away for a couple days, so Remus will be holding it down. We have confirmed two very special guest hosts which we'll let you know about next week. Um, but in the meantime, if you're thinking about an amazing in Manitoba vacation to a world-class fishing lodge, fly in. Aikens Lake is the place. Find out more online at akenslake.com. You can literally be on the water within a couple hours of the city of Winnipeg. And uh, be sure to follow my social media at Hustlerama. Next weekend, we'll be showing you some of the sights and sounds of Aikens Lake when I get out there for, uh, for a few days. Really looking forward to that. And of course... Assiniboia Downs. We're back with live racing tonight at 7.30 p.m. ASD Live. I know the Assiniboia Downs guys are in the chat. What up, guys? Um, they'll be getting it going at 6.45 tonight uh, with full analysis and thoughts on all of this evening's races. We're going to get to our derby picks in just a moment. But, you know, right now we're still waiting for the green light to get fans into the grandstands. But the dining room is open right now and you will be able to make a reservation and get out there for some live racing, but only by reservation. Find out more on the website and how to do that at asdowns.com. Remus, how did you do last night? Speaking of our uh, duel at the derby at the track. Not not good. I'm I'm. Pretty rattled. Uh, I started off so well betting on these horses, and I'm in a rut. I think it's been like two weeks without even a win, so uh, not ideal. Uh, not pleased ideal. Pleased to say, pleased to say, I snapped my slump last night with a great $39 win on a $3 Quinella. 
did hit another wow. winner just on a $2 bet, but it was only paying three fifty. but I more than doubled my money last night. So I, that's what I need to do, do to catch up to you after your big, big lead early on. You won $39 on a $3 Quinella. Exactly. How? Exactly. Was it one of the uh, well, horses like a major long shot or something? Like what uh, happened? There? I I think one of them was. I think one of them was a little bit. I I've stopped going on just picking the top two horses. Or, yeah, I'm, know, I'm I'm usually going picking chalks. one of them and then picking another one outside of it. So uh, I don't chalk know. We'll City. see. Many would say it's dumb luck, uh, but I have gone away from being Chalk City. And um, well, anyways, we'll see how it works. Where are you going tonight for uh, for your selections? Uh, let me pull it up. I've got mine in. I'm trying to keep it simple here. I'm not doing any like ones that require me to pick be right on multiple horses. So I'm not doing any exactas. I'm not doing any uh, trifectas. I'm not doing any Quinellas, nothing. I'm just picking straight up winners here. And if you want to win, these are the plays, right? These are, I haven't won in a while, but I'm feeling good about today. And I'll, here, let me bring up the. I will bring up the thing. Hold on. Anyways, here, one sec. I gotta go. It's not showing up for me. My bad. Here, you talk for a sec while I pull Oh, up you're just race. waiting to get the uh, thing. So yeah, of course, yeah. hpibet.com is where you want to do it. You can see if you're watching on YouTube right now, there is the uh, the screen. Thank you you. got to pick the Assiniboia Downs chart, and uh, it's all right there. And not only can you bet, you can also watch the races here. But I will suggest go to the Assiniboia Downs YouTube channel uh, because you'll get the analysis in between the races and I'll be honest, the last couple of days I've been busy during the evening. I've made my bets in the afternoon and then I've come back afterwards and watched it as if it was live on the YouTube replay without knowing what happened. So uh, it was, it's actually worked out quite well. But uh, Remus, I see you're back and uh, back and ready. I'm go. ready. Sorry, it's really hard to talk and um, trouble shoot this uh, we all remember that time where uh, you weren't on to start the show and it was me pulling a garth <laughs> algar and it's i just like i'm trying to trouble think and troubleshoot and you know talk and it does get difficult but i have the race i'd like to show the races to everyone so we can point out the names love it yeah race three i'm just i told you guys i'm just going winners i'm keeping it simple race three call the cops i uh, it's a familiar horse uh, with a great name to win. I'm picking race four. Four six. Wits Gato to win. Uh it's seven to two. Okay. Race five. Uh this is a lot of horses in this one. Uh this is horse has been pretty good. Uh horse eight, Cross Lake Proud. This is my big favorite. I don't even know if it's worth betting on this horse to win. But I'm doing it. I've seen the name. I know it is a strong horse. I'm confident. In that one, and race seven, last one of the night. I'm also on race uh, horse eight here. Real grace to win. Those are my my winners. So uh, write them down and uh, include them in your picks tonight for the downs. Excellent. I I'm continuing my big comeback. Uh, I will do what I did yesterday. Put down some three dollar quinellas and one triactor box. Race number one. We're gonna go with the four or five. Race number two, we've got one six. Race number three, we're going three one. All of those Quinellas for three dollars. In race number four, we're going to do that tri that one dollar triactor box. So I'm going to pick horses one, three, and four uh, in any order. If they come in, I'll win a one dollar triactor. That's a six dollar bet, which brings me 
to race five. Race five is interesting, actually. This is a much bigger, uh, much bigger. So I think that like the Quinella numbers on this sort of one will be good. I see Cross Lake Proud. Cross Lake Proud came in big time for me earlier on. Um, so you know what? I might take Cross Lake Proud as the first horse. Maybe I'll put them too much to win. And then I'm going to drop then in with, uh, let's go with a bit of a longer shot here. How about Top of the Rock, Narone Austin? So we'll go four, eight on a $2 Quinella. And I'm going to put $3 on uh, Cross Lake Proud number eight to win. That's in race number five. So there are my picks. As I said, I had the biggest win I've had in probably a month last night. With the exception of the win I had at the end of last Wednesday's night, which got taken away because of a controversial illegal start, that was uh, that was harsh for me. But we're back in the winner's circle again. AS Downs, and when fans are allowed back in, we'll definitely be doing a night. Get the Winnipeg Sports Talk gang out there for a great night of uh, something to eat, a few drinks, and hopefully a number of winners. Let's get to the cool bet lines of the day, uh, Remo. We, uh, as I said, we've got the Euro going on right now. It's 0-0 England and Denmark. If you're watching the game as we speak, England is uh, live betting, minus 118 favorite to win in regulation. A draw is 2-1, to one, plus 200, and Denmark is plus 150. National Hockey League, Stanley Cup final tonight. Oh, wow, has the line ever moved heavily in the Tampa Bay Lightning's favorite. I think everyone expecting this one to be over this evening. Tampa minus 238 at home to win. The Montreal Canadiens plus 206, more than 2-1 to one on your money if you think that they can get this series going back to Montreal. Uh, and if you do like the Lightning to win running away, plus 116 on the Lightning to win by two and raise that Stanley Cup. And if anyone is out there, I saw Samuel popping in the chat, maybe you still have faith that the Habs are going to do the incredible and run off four straight, 17 to one, plus 1700 for the Habs to come back, win the next three and make it happen. Um, you know, we'll get to the UFC uh, and I'm really hoping to have Aaron Bronstetter join us on Friday to talk about it. Uh, but of course, it's McGregor Poirier on the weekend. Poirier is the favorite, minus one twenty-five, and Conor McGregor is a plus one fifteen underdog in the third match of the trilogy between those players. And I'm looking right now. We uh, told you that Dennis Shapovalov is off to the semifinals of Wimbledon. There, he will take on Novak Djokovic. And if you want a big underdog, somewhat of a long shot, Shapo plus. 8-11, more than 8-1 to one on your money. Djokovic, minus 11-11, the uh, heavy, heavy favorite right now. Shapovalov, 13-1 to one to win the tournament. And Djokovic, uh, with only four players remaining, the heavy favorite at minus 400. With Medvedev bounced in the quarters, Roger Federer out now in the quarters as well. Um, what a great tournament it's been. That matchup is going to get after it on Friday. Uh, okay, what else do we need to get to before the end of the pro? Oh, the match yesterday, Reem. Did you catch any of the match with Phil and Tom Brady going up against Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers? This was interesting for so many reasons. Yeah, I, did we even get it? I know it was on TNT. Like, was that available in Canada? It was, I believe it was on CNN International. Did we um, get that? 
I, I get, well, I, it depends. It depends on what you, I had it when I was on Shaw, I think. I don't know if I have it on Bell. I couldn't yeah. find it, but I would just make it. You're on Bell as your cable TV provider? Package. You're still yeah. on them? Well, right now. It's not like there's a lot of choice. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't watch it. I did see the one clip everyone is talking about Aaron Rodgers making headlines, uh, you know, talking with Charles Barkley, saying, Hey, are you going to be the quarterback for game one with the Packers? And was his famous response, I don't know, we'll see. So I don't know what's going on with him, Huss. It seems like he doesn't want to be the quarterback for Green Bay, but it's in his contract. He has to be. He didn't opt out of the season. So I don't know how this changes, Huss. Uh, it's going to be ugly. It probably will be messy. I don't think there's any appetite for Green Bay to trade Aaron Rodgers, but maybe he decides that he's going to do more matches or host Jeopardy this season as opposed to play in the National Football League. I will say this. Bryson, uh, what a golfer he is. He hit a 480-yard drive. The course that they were playing at with the altitude was just absolutely stunning. Um, but, you know, he came prepared with a whole bunch of prepared lines for trash talk. I think he was done after about the second hole. And then Phil Mickelson just made these guys look like mental midgets for the remaining 16 holes, even when um, DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers were taking it to them on the back nine. They ended up winning, I believe, three and two. It was tied after nine holes. Uh, But the highlights of, of all the clips were Phil just giving it to some of the other guys. Brady uh, had a couple misses, and Brady, of course, being, listen, you know, I'm not a Brady guy. I've always cheered against him, but I have to say, I mean, his social media game is so incredible. He dropped three memes today on Twitter, um, kind of poking fun at himself and Phil after getting worked yesterday at the match. But uh, that was a real fun, uh, fun event, and Phil Mickelson is the GOAT when it comes to trash talk. It's just a matter of time. You know, I get it's almost a disappointing and I say this tongue in cheek that he's still as good as he is right now. And he won the PGA as the oldest major winner ever because he is just simply so funny. Um, the sooner we can get him into the booth, the better hell at this point, Remus, I'd consider Phil Mickelson for the booth for other sports. I mean, I'd like to see Phil in the Monday night football booth. I, I would listen to Phil and talk anywhere. He is that good right now. And uh, you know, he can still play the game, but as an entertainer and a guy that gets it as well as social media, Mickelson's right there. And he and Brady um, both doing incredible things well on the other side of uh, the turn, if you will, in their uh, respective careers. Yeah, Phil, and we had that. I'll never forget him walking down uh, at the tournament he won. Was it the PGA Championship? What was that one? The recent yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, the PGA. I mean, it was like it was Tiger Woods style. It was like Happy Gilmore, just the crowd there. It was uh, pretty. It was pretty wild, and him and Brady have definitely stepped up their social media. I know Brady's even taking shots at Aaron Rodgers too. So, uh, oh yeah, oh he he had some fun, and he called yeah. Gronk. He called Gronk in the middle of the event, and Gronk said that Aaron Rodgers in this off season is lazier than Gronk was when he was retired. So uh, oh there was some God. there was some fun shots. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers' hair, yikes! I mean, I don't know what he's been doing, sitting smoking big ones uh, outside oh my god i think we've got a danish goal right now denmark oh there it is looks like up one nothing we'll keep you up to date on You're that ahead of me. the afternoon 
uh, a little bit of it. Uh, oh, I see the Streamlabs popped in. By the way, folks, hey, if you're with us in the chat, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up. We could certainly use the likes. And if you haven't already checked the store, uh, we do have some merchandise available. If you're on YouTube right now, I've got the uh, the big logo hoodie. Remus has the zip hoodie. I got one of the t-shirts. They're awesome. Got a baby thing as well. And we're coming up next month, or hopefully later on this month, We've got some hats coming in, which we did with our pals at Royal Sports, uh, and you'll be able to get those at Royal or potentially as well for those of you outside of the city um, through uh, through the site, and we'll uh, make some arrangements to get those out to you. A uh, couple other topics that we want to get to beyond the match. Um, I mentioned, you know, we've got this game. Denmark is up right now, and what a disappointment that would be for England. Although this was my lock shop upset. Dog pound yesterday. Denmark plus one. So that is a great, great start for the Danes. Uh, and tonight, Remo, I am proud to announce I am double vaxxed. I got my card yesterday. And I am going to be one of the up to 2,000 spectators at IG Field to see our 3-0 and Valor FC squad get after it. It's a late game, 9 o'clock. Go over to Ziff's place, watch most of the hockey game, PVR, the rest of it, uh, and then get forward. And man, it has been so long since I've been a fan at anything. Um, I can't tell you how excited I am. And uh, I imagine there might be a few people in the chat as well that might be making a plan to uh, break out your digital Vax card for the first time and actually get your butt in a seat and watch some professional sports. Yeah, I got my card uh, card today, so uh, I'm ready to go do stuff. Now, whatever I can get into, I'll hold it out like uh, I'm the guys in Wayne's World going to the Aerosmith concert. But uh, I'm excited. Excited for you. Make sure you take some snaps. Uh, so I'll have to post them on the Winnipeg Sports Talk Instagram. The first, uh, what is it, large-scale professional sporting event in Manitoba in, or with spectators in uh, over a year. So uh, enjoy it, us. But I'll have to give you the – do you even know the password to the Winnipeg Sports Talk Instagram? I'll have to get you on there. Uh, you know, I, I'm not either put that or I'll just, it, I'll text it on you a phone. bunch of photos. Yeah, <laughs> okay, put it on your, that's right. Cause I'll be playing. I'm always on... worried. I'm always worried. Uh, as you well know, anytime you've got two accounts, especially one that's not solely yours. Uh, I'm always worried about tweeting or sending a message to, to the wrong person or from mm. the wrong account. Uh, but yeah, we can figure that out. My we biggest problem is figuring out how to re-log into my own Instagram. You, you That's can always have two. been a problem before. You can have two on your phone at once now. So uh, we'll have to, because I'm playing slow pitch softball. Uh, we're having our first game of the year. So I'm feeling good about that. I'm, I'm very nervous about, um, I have, haven't been physically active. Oh and, my uh, God. The Jewish men's slow pitch yeah. league is firing up again. What's the, are all the teams back? Uh, has there been expansion? Yeah. Has there been any contraction? No. Did the, uh, did the pandemic cost any people their careers? Like we're seeing in the CFL. I don't, as far as I know, no, but I'll say I've been so like inactive. I was lifting my son the other days too. And I was giving him the ultimate warrior, you know, gorilla press like this. And, uh, and you know, normally I can toss him around, but I think he's getting heavier and I'm getting, you know, less athletic. And I just like felt something go in my back and I, I just like, Oh geez. And, uh, I was pretty sore for a couple of days. So I, I was having flashbacks. Paul Stasny wouldn't say how he got injured, but I felt like, uh, maybe I can understand if that was what happened to him. You're tossing around your kids and you, you tweak something, but, uh, we will see. I'm gonna have to stretch before my legs haven't, uh, really done any, anything like I haven't played. I usually play a lot of hockey. I can't do that. So, uh, I'm nervous how that's going to go. 
Uh, pretty interesting fan survey uh, put out by the yeah. Athletic, and uh, uh, anyone that is a Athletic subscriber, uh, seeing the great work of our pal Murata Tesh, um, Sean Gentili's put together a very interesting national NHL fan survey. I love uh, this. Talking about things like the best uniforms. Uh, you wanna, which you want to fill it out? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's let's fill it out. Let's do a group uh, group one. Uh, who has the best? Well, actually, who does have the best uniforms in the league? Uh, I voted on the best. I voted, you know, the best uniforms as a collection or your primary, like as a collection, I think the Kings, every one of them is good. They don't have a bad one. So I'm voting for the Kings in this athletic survey. I don't know what everyone else in chat is, uh, is voting for. I think Chicago has the best jerseys. You want to talk about a classic Jersey with an incredible logo and all that. I mean, I don't know how long, if that will ever change. I'm not sure whether they're one of the teams that's getting, you know, some heat. It's a lot different, I think, you know, that team than certainly what's happened in Cleveland and what happened in Washington in the NFL. But just for the jerseys alone, although to be honest with you, what, what am I saying? The the red and blue, as much as I can't stand the Montreal Canadiens, uh, full disclosure, I honestly think that that Habs red jersey is maybe the best jersey, not just in the NHL, but maybe in all of sports. If you like classic jerseys, what is more than the Habs? Yeah, Taylor in chat says she likes Anaheim, and I'm like Anaheim is easy. Anaheim's whoa, whoa. That's the worst. Is easy. It's not the worst. They're easily the worst. Uh, Ba says we got to vote Jets here, and Mitch says the Hawks. T Cone Pauly says Kings, Avs, Mini, and Arizona. But if you want to go Mo- Montreal, I think that's. I mean, that's you can't go wrong. It's a classic. Uh, classic. It does yeah, get that. That would be my vote. Um, okay, let's keep going. Now, what do we have? This next one, uh, yeah. which NHL arena outside of the team you're root for would you most like to see a game? Ooh, that's interesting because I've been to a good chunk of these games. I'm trying to think if there's a a, a, a venue that I'm sort of dying. You know what? I wouldn't mind. Now, I know Detroit's terrible. I did get a chance to go to a playoff game at the old Joe Lewis Arena. That new little Caesars Arena looks absolutely amazing. Although I don't think they've had really any sort of atmosphere whatsoever. You know, I think I'd say Philly, not only for the building, but also for the fans, the atmosphere, all those maniacs in Philly, uh, you know, booing their team. I think that might be the one the one spot, at least on my list, that I haven't checked off already that I'd like to go to. I have two, um, T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. I think that would be pretty cool. I've never, I've never been. Um, the other one would be Nashville. I, you know, I went to Nashville for a bachelor party, had a lot of fun. Um, you know, maybe that's awesome. Bridgestone's yeah, awesome. it's in an awesome area. That looks cool. But uh, Madison Square Garden, I've never been to. So I could see that, you know, that's an iconic arena. And also, I don't think it's on here, but uh, what is it called? It's, um, Green Energy Arena or something. The Seattle one. I want to get to a game. Oh, wow. There. What's it called? What's that? Oh, Climate Pledge Arena. Yes, it's, Climate. <laughs> it's Oh, there it is. It is on here. It is on here. So you could vote for that. Oh, okay. But, well, yeah, certainly. I'd love to get there sometime I, this year. Maybe we'll I, do. Maybe we'll do a roadie with WST I to see, see the uh, Jets play against the Kraken whenever yeah. they play at some point next season. Okay, People next chat, one. Hold on, I'll just give a shout yeah. out. Taylor in chat says Carolina Storm Surge. Justin says Vegas, Nashville. BA says T Bay. T Bay is fun. They got MSG. Uh, Chicago. I've never done Chicago. I would act that would be cool too, Chicago. So Oh, United Center. Yeah. Awesome, awesome rink. I actually was lucky enough to see, I think it was the last Jets game in Chicago Stadium. And that was just like a week or so after the Jets acquired Ty Domi uh and Chris King. And the game was wild. There was four fights. 
I was wearing Jets Zubaz at the game and getting crap thrown at me. It was uh, it was quite a moment uh, on my uh, on my cheering the team on the road career. Uh, next one. Here's a funny one. Would you Al allow ads on your team's jersey if it meant they had more money to spend on the roster? Tell you what, I'll allow uh, ads on my team's jersey if it meant I get twenty five percent off my season tickets or something like that. I mean, at a certain point, as long as the roster is the same for every team and we have a cap, I'm fine with that. Um, but listen, I think we're going to see those sort of things go forward. We've already got them in the NBA, although although they will tell you that they're small and tasteful. And um, yeah. you know, we're going to have to stomach five years of a certain company on the helmets of the Winnipeg Jets. So I'll tell you what. I mean, at this point, I mean, I think I could probably stomach anything as long as it comes back and you know it gives your team a good chance to win. Yeah, well, they will be lowering the price of, uh, what would you rather them? You know, would you allow ads if they lowered the price of uh, beer at a game and tickets? Then people maybe would say yes, but uh, I'll, I'll put no here. But you know, it's I think it's coming. Uh, although I have had an urge to use uh, PayPal after watching, what, the Phoenix uh, Suns lately? <laughs> Uh, let's see this next. Yeah, no doubt. Let's see this next one. Which current general manager other than your own, would you hand pick to run mm. your team? Other than your um, own. So we can't say, uh, we can't yeah, say uh, Chevy. other than your own. Um, I don't know. Lou, Lou Lamorello. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I said, um, it's hard for me to go against Iserman. He, you know, he's not the GM of Tampa right now, but yeah. he's, he's built them. So I, Iserman was uh, my pick. Also a legendary player. It would be pretty cool to have him as a t- you know your uh, GM. Yeah, no doubt about it. Joe Sackick has done a great job over yeah. in Colorado as well. I'm sure there'd be some people that'd be interested in that. That'll be fascinating to see what the results uh, are coming back. You must hire a current NHL coach. Who mm-hmm. is it? Uh, I think I'm going Rod the Bot. Yeah, uh, I don't, that, that doesn't take me very long to think of that. I know there's a bunch of other great coaches, but the combination of what he's done in Carolina, his personality, those speeches that we've seen. I mean, that's a guy like I watch those speeches from Brindamore in the room. You can tell what he means to his team. We've seen what he's gotten out of his team for the last few years. And he's a guy that I think it really seems like he'd like to play for. So pretty clear that's um that's my shot uh my shot with that you're, you're gonna go with rod the bud yeah too? that i was immediately picking rod love him as a player um seems like his players love him <laughs> as a coach so uh i'm going uh going rod here the uh, the only other guy rod the bot i mean i have to and i'll shout out Braden fleming oh trots. Uh, barry trots yeah we talked a lot about barry trots and you know i've sort of got a soft spot for him and i don't think he could go wrong either way but like see if you're hiring a guy right now for the next 10 15 years for your franchise I mean, I think the age, you know, where Brindamore is in his career, he'd probably be the guy that I would like to uh, like to do it. Um, all right, let's go next. Uh, next one we've got. Let's assume Owen Power has taken number one at the 2021 draft. Which of the last top five picks do you think will have the best career? Uh, ooh, geez, that's an interesting one. Power, Alexi Lafreniere, Jack Hughes, Rasmus Dahlin, and Nico Heischer. That's mm-hmm. just like an impossible question. I mean, I guess Lafreniere had a pretty good end to the season after a very, very slow start. Jack Hughes was better last year. Um, he sure, you know, is now. I, I'd like to say Rasmus Dahlin, but as long as he's on Buffalo with everything going on, I'm not really too sure that we'll ever get a chance to really see him uh, really succeed for a while. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have a lean on that? Yeah, I was leaning um, Jack Hughes. I know he was really small when he came in. He seemed to have bulk up. I saw some guys tweeting about his uh, five-on-five numbers last year. I think watch out 
Watch out for Jack Hughes. I can't speak too much. I know Darlene. As long as Darlene's in Buffalo, I agree. That's a no. I think Nico's been. I think Nico's been a solid player, but I think Jack Hughes is better than him. And uh, Power. I mean, a bit bit of an unknown and Lafreniere. You know, he could be as well. I mean, his rookie card did has a plummeted in price since this time last year. I'm not. I'm not sure, but I'll yeah, go. Uh, I, I'm going Hughes. The Earl. The Earl will know that he can give us an update on the uh, on the the value of the Lafreniere rookie card. Yeah. Um, you can start a franchise with any player not named Connor McDavid. Who is your pick? This was a tough one. I wasn't sure who to pick, but I think you want to pick a guy who's relatively young, who's either you either want a top scorer or a top D. I'm not picking a goalie. Um, I think there's you can find what you can find one. Although you know Hellbuck probably would be would be nice, but I think goalies are pretty volatile. So I I'm gonna pick Austin Matthews. Um, you know he's second in the Hart Hart Trophy. Great goal yeah, scorer. The, the only center. other guy other than Matthews I'd consider, based on what the question and where we are right now, would be McKinnon. But I think, yeah, you know, listen, I, those I don't two, think yeah. you can go wrong with, with either of those guys. How many regular season games should be on the schedule? Yes, who uh, Taylor says uh, Kale McCarr. That's an interesting one. And we've got Vasilevsky and, and, and people picking McKinnon. So I, yeah, I don't I, think you can go wrong. No, no, for listen, although there's good votes for all those players. How mm. many regular season games should be in the schedule? This is a very interesting mm. one. We just saw a 56 game season, which I think was it was legit. Um I would I think 70 is the best number. I mean, there's no doubt that the 82 games becomes a little bit monotonous and a big part of it is, you know, jamming the fans to squeeze as much money out of us as uh, as they can. So um, I would be certainly down for a limited schedule. That being said, I don't even know why they're asking this because that's not happening anytime soon. If anything, they'll add another 20 games to make up for the money they missed during the pandemic. Yeah, that, that's that's correct. I, I think 70 is a nice number. Uh, 82, I think it does get kind of monotonous. So I, I pick 70. I, I don't, but again, they're not going to, you're basically cutting, you know, 12 games of revenue. So definitely not happening. All right. There's some other questions that you can check out at The Athletic. The final one, though, and this is a great one, and I'm very interested in people in chats with their answers from this. The question is this. You can have a beer or a coffee with one current player. I know everyone would be saying Bufflin. He's not a current player, so that that automatic answer is not available. Who is it? Who is the player that you would like to, to tilt one with the most? I have I have no idea. I this one I really uh, struggled with. I mean, Bufflin would be your number one pick, but um, you know, in the same sort of Bufflin yeah. tone, um, I would like to have a beer or two with Brett Burns. Okay, because he's just such a weird dude. I mean, I think he would be incredibly entertaining from basically start to finish of whatever you were doing. Yeah. So he he sort of he comes to mind as a guy that would be. Uh, would be a heck of a lot of fun to uh, to tilt one oh, with. I changed mine. Joe Thornton is going to be my pick. I'll pick. <laughs> I like. I really like Joe. I like his uh, his carefree attitude. You know him. When you said Brent Burns, I remember them walking shirtless in uh, Pittsburgh during. <laughs> was that during the Cup final? This is some great ones in here. Okay. Uh, by the way, yes, England has scored. Uh, I think they're yeah. at halftime, one-one right now. Should be a great second half. Eighteen over par podcast says Alex Burmistrov. Yeah, current NHLer uh, guys. The Godfather, Mitch Tyler Sagan. Yeah, that that yeah. might be a few. That could turn into a very late night. Uh, John Al- o- Ovi. Uh, you know, Ovi would be right up there as well. Uh, Tikhon Apali says Robin Laner. 
And um, and Taylor, yes, beers with Ovi after that Stanley Cup celebration looks like a good time. And John D says, ha, yeah, Thornton is a very good pick. Sean Knock, Burns and Thornton are jabronis. I'd pick Captain Serious. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think he's serious with that. I mean, I may actually maybe you are, Sean. And listen, uh, lots of love for Jonathan Taves. Yeah. But I mean, I think you'd basically be sitting there talking to. And listen, I guess if you're if you were one on one and you know it was loose and you know you were friends or whatever, I'm sure he's a great guy. But if you're just a stranger going and sitting beside a guy at a bar, I'll take Brent Burns or Joe Thornton. 10 out of 10 times because I think those guys would interact with you and have a heck of a lot of fun. This is a great one. Yeah. Uh, maybe invite Ehlers with Jumbo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yes, Pat Kane. Yeah, I'm not sure if Pat rolls like he did before, but uh, certainly earlier in his career, if you, if you found him on the right night out, um, there certainly would be some good times. So that is the athletic fan survey out right now. Check it out. That is fun. There, the last question has you and I can agree on this one. If you want to, exp- sorry, it was uh, the big one. Your commissioner for five minutes got to huh. change one thing. What can it be? You know my answer. You I, know think my we, answer. I think I we have the same answer it. here. We'll write it down on a piece of paper and show it because we know it's the same. Yeah, but it, just there we are. Yeah, yeah, there exactly. That's what I wrote. Uh, no more three point ga- or sorry, make All every three game point games. Yeah, make every game worth the same number of points. It is absolutely insane to have some games worth two and then some games worth three. It is. I don't know how you can run a professional sport like fantasy leagues are more smartly run than than that so that's <laughs> There's some funny stuff in chat oh, right now BX, comment says bxa <laughs> well bxa bxa would be at the top of the list of a broadcaster i think uh there's no doubt about that um so uh yes and mitch thank you mitch we're all together we're all aligned let's you know let's just keep on hammering this i i this is one this is the hill that i will die on the mm-hmm. nhl needs to go to this format so maybe I'll turn it. Maybe our new before we were voting on Gitch as Steinbach's most manliest man. Maybe our next um, group effort will be to the athletic and let them know that all fans figure that we should be getting these games back to three points. Yes. Uh, puck over glass comment. I hope you're not saying to remove the puck over glass penalty. That is, as I've said, the best penalty in the rule book because it's the only one that is cut and dry called consistently very clear, whether it is a penalty or it's not a penalty. And to be honest, I don't want guys just to be able to rip it out of bounds or, you know, just to smash it out um, to get a whistle when the other team's, uh, pressuring them i have no issue with that penalty whatsoever i actually recall them declining to to uh call that penalty in the jets oilers series at one point where there was a clear puck over glass that didn't get called so you think that they do call it every time but he was in there nah, nah, someone uh tipped that one it, it didn't go straight out so uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i do enjoy seeing everyone's uh everyone's ideas here in chat i that's why i kind of like these surveys i like seeing the responses you know when they do the player surveys it's nice to get a fan survey. So we did. We touched on most of the questions, but it was. I do enjoy it. It's good to see everyone. Um. All right. The Kurt Warner movie trailer is out. Did you see it? Uh, like I saw a couple uh, people thinking that it may have been an SNL skit. Like it was for a, for a movie trailer. I mean, we all know the story. It was. Uh, it was really weird. I'll still be here for it. I don't watch a lot of movies, but I think I would be in. Do we know who's playing Brenda? Uh, His wife? Anna Paquin. She's from Winnipeg. What? Yeah, she's playing uh, Brenda. It's Zachary Levi as Kurt Warner. 
And I saw some people saying that they've seen better jerseys, like from those fake ones that they sell. But <laughs> yeah, those are. Those but are. this is, and then Dennis Quaid is Dick Vermeil, so that's oh. that's them. So I don't know what to think. It's funny the trailer. The trailer was basically Kurt Warner talking about how his life is like a movie, rather than showing the clips of the movie. So. Um, this one, I mean, we'll see. I'll I'll watch it. I think it could be interesting. His it is a great story. It shows him in the trailer as it shows him throwing the ball in the supermarket and uh, <laughs> playing in the arena league and then playing with the Rams. So I I don't know. Well, hey, we'll his see. his journey his journey to uh, the top of the mountain is absolutely movie worthy. So um, listen, I think it should be cool. All right, final story, a non sports story today, uh, but Remo. This is um this has to rattle anyone that spends any sort of time on the toilet especially if you're in Austria. How's this for a headline? Man bitten by neighbor's escaped python while sitting on the toilet. Vienna, Austria. An Austrian had the kind of morning that nightmares are made of on Monday when a python slid through his drains and bit him while he was sitting on the toilet. The stunned 65-year-old in the city of Graz turned around shortly after 6 a.m. to see a roughly five-foot albino python in the bowl, police in the province of Styria said in the statement. Shortly after he sat on the toilet, the Graz resident, by his own account, felt a pinch in the area of his genitals. Oh, my God, it's hard even reading this. Um a snake, a snake. And think about what we had with the snake incident in Winnipeg a couple of weeks ago. Um, the thought of one coming through the pipes and biting you while you're um, doing your business is uh, that's nightmare fuel right there, dude. Yeah, I'm getting sore thinking about this. And I agree. You sit on the toilet, you think, you know, everything's going to be OK. But to be there and have a snake bite you on the genitals, that's like how do you go sit on the toilet ever how do you sit on the toilet again after that that's and they're like they don't even know how the snake got through it was in like a neighbor had a bunch of pet snakes this is in austria and it crawled through the drain and came up on the toilet and then they cleaned it off after and gave it back to the owner i guess if you're the owner you just like take it you take it back i don't I don't know. So John D, lucky I keep an axe in my bathroom. Uh, <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? Uh, I guess you can protect yourself with the. Uh, I don't even know what I would do. I hate snakes. The thought of snakes, all snakes, freak me out. Uh, but one coming through my toilet and biting me, well, uh, that's um, yeah, that's a little too much. Um, ah, what a way to end the program today. What a story. Uh, t- tomorrow, tomorrow, of course, we'll um, discuss game five of the cup final. Euro will be set. Chapo heading to the semifinals of Wimbledon and more on the upcoming Blue Bomber training camp. And of course, the uh, news today, CFL, XFL talks are shelved going forward, as the CFL said, at this time. But I think that means we're focused on nine teams, three down football north of the border this year and going forward. Um. Big thanks to Royal Sports, Nick and Nicky DQ, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Breezy Bend, Aikens Lake, Assiniboia Downs, post time tonight, 7.30. Don't forget HPI Bet is where you can make your wagers and coolbet.com. Everybody, enjoy the second half of this Denmark-England game. We'll talk about the matchup for the World Cup final tomorrow and much more. And anyone that uh, is vaxxed and heading out to the soccer match tonight at IG Field, hopefully I'll see you there. I will post a few pictures on social media. It'll be great to be a fan again out at our beautiful stadium. 
For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks to Arta O'Cal. Thanks to Dominic Toninato of the Winnipeg Jets. And thanks to all of you for making us a part of your day right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great night, everybody. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.